Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the digitally uploaded podcast, the companion podcast, digitallydownloaded.net. My name is Alan. I'm going to be your host for this week. And with me, as always, I have the venerable Matt. Hello, Matt. Venerable, huh? Venerable, yes. You've upgraded. Venerable. That's your word of the day, isn't it? It's a great word. It's not used enough. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I approve of your use of this word. Hello, Alan. Hello. Um, We also have Trent. Hello, Trent. How are you? Hello. I'm I'm well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And Harvard's here. Hello. I've I've heard there's this cultural thing in the UK where if someone asks you how you are, you can only say you're good. Well, yeah, because if you display any other emotion, you're a coward. And we do that in Australia too, especially when Patel you're dying inside. Pretty Patel is going to pick you up and throw into the Thames and then shoot at you with a rifle. That's the way to do it. That's peak UK culture. <laughs> um, we have a lot to talk about this week, but to begin with, we always usually have to go through what we're playing, and I feel like it's time to sort of do that. So I'm going to actually ask Matt, because I feel like you've... I've been following your Twitter. You've been chatting some shit, and I'm interested in seeing what exactly you've been playing. What's new? <laughs> What's yeah. new about me talking shit? Oh, um, seen it coming. <laughs> what have I been playing? I've been playing of the new games. I've been playing Goichi Suda's No More Heroes 3 is what I've been playing. That's pretty good, Alan. I'm really excited. I, I was so close to buying it, but like I'm trying to be really smart at the moment. And it was like, oh, can I justify it? Can I not? But I believe it's really, really fun and cool. Everything I've yeah. seen, like, it's my vibe. It's great. It's great. And the thing is, was it's not the only great thing that I played this week. I also played a, a little independent, I guess you could call it, game called Tormented Souls, which is this horror throwback to the playstation one era tank controls and set um set camera angles and all the rest and it's really really good as well it's quite extreme horror it's very um very out there in some of the imagery but it's really good i I, I very much enjoyed that as well as somebody who enjoyed silent hills and whatever of yesteryear so you probably enjoyed too alan you like the a bit of the old spooks what's it called sorry tormented souls tormented souls all right I'm going to ask you to tweet that at me later on, because <laughs> it is 11 yes. o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. I've, got, I've, I've, also got, I've also got all the anime girls to tweet at you. They're oh, hell yeah. Ready to go. I mean, as a Xenogears fan and a Xenoblade <laughs> fan at this point, like, that's all my personality, basically. So, hell yeah. <laughs> Harvard, what have you been playing this week? Or this month? Uh, yeah, this month. So, I think last podcast I said there was going to be a quiet month for games, and I was right. I wasn't really interested in a lot of things that came out. Uh, I've been playing still Tony Hawk 1 and 2 as, oh, a, mon- as a modern game. It's so good. It's so it, good. It just is, admit, but I can't tell if I'm Harvard, old you, because... You're just getting practice in for Skatebird, though, right? <laughs> I absolutely am, yes. I'm going to be the world's best Skatebird player. Uh, and I've also been playing um, this Star Wars game that has the most generic name called... Oh, Jedi Fallen Order? Re- nope. Republic Commando, which is like oh! an old Xbox yes! Star Wars game. And it's pretty fun. Sight. It's a Metro Prime, but more shootery. It just feels like a normal shooter so far. When you get to the part like on Genosha, you'll be like, oof, oofed. It's a good game. That's a really good game. I'm just glad you're playing it. That game does not get talked about enough. It was during the time when LucasArts was actually experimenting with different things. And they wanted to make Rainbow Six, so they made Rainbow Six, but Star Wars. And yeah, it's weird. Back. It's like a squad first-person shooter. Yeah, it's but cool. there's like 
my favorite thing about it though sorry to take up all this time but the the thing in the movies where the stormtroopers and the um the droids never hit their shots is replicated here because your gun is extremely inaccurate and so is everybody else's yeah it's the perfect sort of uh console like uh first person shooter just because it's designed for that controller like that's all it is and they needed to have that sort of aim assist and that sort of wild like you know, you point in one direction, the bullet goes 90 degrees in the oh, other direction. Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. you can't aim, so that you might as well just spray everywhere. Oh, it's so exactly. smart. Yeah. Now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> it is a really good game, though. It's on um, it's on everything, I think, at this point. And it's genuinely worthwhile playing. It's pretty fun. It, it makes the whole Clone Wars stuff actually palatable and not horrific. <laughs> you know? So that's a victory in its own regard. Trent, what have you been playing this month? Well, uh, this week I've been playing 12 Minutes. So that's the fun, cool new game. It was on Xbox, so I picked it up on the Game Pass. I don't know if it's actually new this month or not, but I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's out so, this week. yeah. Yeah. So basically the concept is, you know, you're like, come home after a big long day. You find your wife there. She wants to tell you some surprises. And then 12 minutes later, a police guy comes in and is like arresting you. And then like, if you like struggle, he like kills you. And basically it's a point and click and adventure game where you have to collect a bunch of stuff to work out um, the mystery and to get more dialogue options to ask uh, certain things and also identify where certain items are to progress the story. So it's just a time loop game as well. So yeah, that's fun. cool. I've heard a lot about it. Um, it's it is on Xbox Game Pass. So like frankly, if you have an Xbox or if you have a PC that has Game Pass on it, it probably is worth checking. It's on my list for sure. Like definitely, it's um, it's been getting a lot of clout recently actually, which is exciting for a narrative game like that where it's not just like a walking sim. Like there is actually a game behind it, and I kind of like that a lot. So here's hoping it's you know takes off a bit more there's more shorter experiences that uh that look worse and the developers are paid more and i'm not gonna fight with it so i i've also personally been playing a lot of psychonauts 2 this last oh yeah week. that was out this week too wasn't it um or i'm very confident in saying that it is fighting with resi 8 for my game of the year um it is phenomenal it is everything that i wanted from a video game that is a you know 3d platformer uh, it's not like Mario Odyssey where I got really bored with every single world about two minutes in. Um, at this point, I've only streamed the first major like level into the game. So take this with a grain of salt, but that entire first level, every single room was so different and the colors were so striking and it was so imaginative and interesting. And also the writing is phenomenal. Like it is truly fantastic and it's exactly what i would have wanted from a game like psychonauts to be brought into the modern age and all it's really made me want to do is see them remake psychonauts one with the same frame rate with the same like level of detail all that sort of stuff because like they're clearly very capable of doing it and that's personally really exciting for me as like someone who doesn't really like platformers but likes when platformers are actually like sort of built around a concept that's interesting rather than desert world sand world water world ice world kevin costner world you know like it's it's not it's more than just a platformer and it actually seems to really care about that which i personally really really like so i that's also an xbox game pass um it's on ps4 as well ps5 everything it's literally on everything because it's a you know a 
biggish game and it's wholly worth it in my opinion so far i've spent you know uh four hours or so playing it um just because of the way that time's worked out so far um and yeah i'm, I'm already absolutely smitten with it it's truly wonderful so give that a whirl if you can i would heavily recommend it um we are probably going to move on to some music now and i'm actually going to ask matt to let me pick the Miku music because I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's some regular Hatsune Miku music. You can pick the music, Alan. Thank you. And welcome back from that. So it is the dawn of a new month, as it tends to be when we record this podcast. What a shocking concept. Uh, as a result of that, some stuff is coming out because, of course, capitalism ensures that there is always content and content is good, as we all know. And Matt is very keen to assert to me on a regular basis. So, Matt, what content, what content is coming out this month? Yes, let's talk about content. Content makes me happy. Um, okay, okay. So, it's taking me all my energy, not just to be like, consume content. <laughs> consume content. Okay, so we'll start with uh, PlayStation 5, shall we? There is games coming out on the PlayStation 5. You could fool me, but there is apparently. Um, on September 2, there is a little game called Kitaria Fables coming out. Now, that's cute. That's been published by P-Cube. I think it's actually developed by P-Cube as well. It's one of their own games. And, um, yeah, it's like a, a Harvest Moon Rune Factory style game, which is a blend of RPG and farming elements where you play as a cat. And it's a cute cat. So, yeah, it's good. It's charming. I played it a little bit and I'm enjoying it. So there you go. That's the first game coming out on PlayStation 5 next month. Uh, also, we've got Rico London, which is a roguelike shooter thing. It's a sequel to Rico, just Rico, I think the original one was called. And it was actually all right. The uh, roguelike elements made the shooty bits more tolerable, I think. And yeah, that's actually probably a game that 
will find itself a little bit a, a, a cult audience as such. It's, it's all right, it's all right. Um, scrolling on, scrolling on. We've got the remake, re-release, possibly just port. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing to it, but uh, about a decade ago, there was Blood Rain Betrayal released on PlayStation 3. It was one of the earlier digital-only releases on the PlayStation Network, and it is Blood Rain, that is the sexy woman vampire character. It's the Uwe Bolt it, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Uwe Bolt made a movie about it. It was not a good movie. <laughs> but uh, the the games themselves were all right. Way forward, the excellent developer of 2D platformers made a 2D platformer, and that's Blood Rain Betrayal. So it's got good graphics. It's a very difficult game from memory. So people that like their challenging games will enjoy it. And yeah, I, I was surprised to see that it was coming back, but it is, and I'm looking forward to playing that again. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors comes out on September 10. And every time I see True Colors, I think Cindy Lauper. So I don't know if she's done the soundtrack. It would be a missed opportunity if Cindy Lauper is not doing the soundtrack for Life is Strange or True Colors, but there you go. I'm sure uh, that'd be all right. the answer to that. So the soundtrack for True Colors was commissioned by Angus and Julia Stone, which, good for them, but not Cindy Lauper. Let's go! Yeah! Australia! Yeah! Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they wrote an entire album to soundtrack that game, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. That's, That's cool. actually radical, hell yeah. That's it's nice like how, bit. like, uh, Tell Me Lies. No, Telling Lies. I kept thinking of a song, Tell Me Lies, like the Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah. I mean, like, see, I, yeah. I think that would be perfect for the for the game, too. They should have had that in the soundtrack. <laughs> it was, but they didn't. This is a bit Every like, game should be Burnout Paradise with Paradise City. Oh. <laughs> you stole my bit, Harvard. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's like, uh, Dead or Alive should have actual the soundtrack done. Yeah. Like Dead or Alive, yeah. <laughs> you spin me around, round, 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 as the kind of the, the music as you're fighting and beating up people. That that would there there is opportunities for licensed music and people don't make enough of those opportunities. I would anyway, argue that Life... Devil May Cry does that because I've listened to Bury the Light on my own without playing Devil May Cry Five so many times. It's such a banger. I would I. Like, you know that meme of the dude with the aux cord? Like, all right, don't play trash. That's my energy. <laughs> Just playing Bury the Light on repeat for, like, seven hours. <laughs> Sorry. Um, moving, no, moving on. Life is Strange True Colors. That comes out on September 10. Uh, also on September 10, Tales of Arise comes out. You can play that right now. There's a demo uh, that you can test things out and discover that the combat system is Tales combat all over again, which means that it's not going to click for some people, including me. But the game itself is very pretty, and I'm hoping that playing the full game, rather than the demo which drops you in midway through, I'm hoping play, that playing the full game will actually get to make sense of the combat system, because everything else about the game does seem to be quite enjoyable. That, I um, saw that you um, uh, posted a video of the combat on your YouTube channel, and I was going to say that's quite a risky move, given that one of our most popular videos is the Tales of Vesperia combat video. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I, I try not to talk too much about Tales games because I got yelled at one time for not liking them in the right way. The gamers put me in my place big time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to getting stuck into the full game. I do think that with the proper tutorials at the start of the game and the difficulty curve or the learning curve from, from the early stages, it'll probably click for me a little bit better. So, anyway, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to 
getting stuck into that. That comes out on September 10. Also on September 10, if you like your basketballs, there's NBA 2K22. If you like your Please basketballs, don't support it. Please of... don't support it. It's bad. It's I was going to say, if you like your basketballs and awful, awful, awful lot of microtransactions and giving so 2K depressing. lots of money just to play a game that you already bought, there you go. You can do that with NBA 2K22. Um, it's actually if horrific. <laughs> if you like crappy games, then Deathloop comes out on September. 15th. No, don't say that. It's okay. <laughs> No, no, you're not allowed to say that. They, they made a Bond so theme. Do, bro. It's going to be do, bro. They so, made a Bond theme, and I liked the Bond theme. It's Bethesda is, is a studio of frat boys, and I'm sure this is going to be... Activision Blizzard would like to argue with that. Oh, oh Blizzard's pretty frat, frat boy too, so... It's a thing. Oh, they've all been fired. <laughs> yeah, they'll be rehired again once it all blows over. You watch. That's what they With, do. Like wearing the Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> it's messy neck cream. <laughs> That's exactly how they do it. Fuck Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, in all seriousness, I'm sure people that like Arcane games, because Arcane's a pretty talented developer within the context of the Bethesda group, um, Deathloop should be all right. It's exploitation anyway, which is a pretty underused cinema genre to base a video game around so i don't know i'm, I'm more interested in looking at that one than pretty much anything else bethesda chose turns out um what else have we got we've got on september 17 origami 2 which was is a sequel to a stealth well, i want to say action but not really it's a stealth stealth like it's a pure stealth game origami and it was all right. It had its issues, but hopefully they've been smoothed over, over for the sequel because the concept was pretty strong. Yeah, I'm looking it's a game it. that had genuine promise, but was held back by the fact that it was very, like, obviously trying a lot of things at the same time. So Yeah, and it's hard. It is hard to make a stealth game. Like, let's face it, that is not an easy genre to develop for. So the fact that they were a fairly new developer, I'm pretty sure that was their first title. Uh, that was a that was a learning curve for them. I'm sure. Sh- I'm genuinely looking forward to testing this one out i think it'll be a much improved experience um what else we got what else we got i'm still scrolling through speaking of the company that is crap uh diablo 2 resurrected does come out in september if i'm so upset i'm so upset that they've ruined one of my favorite games of all time like diablo 2 is so good I am very conflicted over this. Like, I, I don't think that you're a bad person if you buy a Diablo game, even despite Blizzard being an absolutely terrible game uh, company. But it does make it harder, doesn't it? It's it's rough for me because... So Diablo 2 was my formative online gaming experience. It was the first game that I played online properly. And it was on dial-up internet in Australia. We had 5 gig limit download for the month. <laughs> and this is in 2009. <laughs> like... This is, by this point, the rest of the world was downloading at a reasonable rate. Um, and I, it looks <laughs> really good. Culture. It looks really good. Like, the remake looks so good. It's everything that I wanted it to be. But I, I can't I can't justify it. I seriously cannot. Uh, I, yeah, that's a right big it's, list it's of difficult. Diablo likes. Yeah, but I played like them Diablo. all, and they're not as good as Diablo 2. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing will be as good as playing Lord of Destruction. It's absurd. It, is, it is a difficult one. It is it is genuinely difficult uh, because Bethesda, Bethesda <laughs> Blizzard has um, 
has been such a terrible company as we've discovered over the last couple of weeks now and it does make it hard to to want to support them i guess because you do know if you buy the game then you are effectively supporting them and you don't want to do that on the other hand once again i i don't think that if you if you are comfortable with making the purchase it doesn't make you a bad person you know there does seem to be a bit of judgment you know kind of working its way into people that are talking about diablo 2 and i don't think that's right either like if people are pumped about it and want to play it and um do play it then you know leave them alone that's <laughs> they they weren't the ones that were responsible for what happened at anyway moving on um lost judgment comes out on september 24 that be the sequel of judgment yeah and judgment was a really good game really really good game Wait, uh, not talked about enough yeah sequel it's copies of I don't think we're going to make it anymore because of that one guy from Johnny's Boys. No, sequel. Huh. I thought it was yeah. like not until later this year, like October or something, or November. Well, this, is the thing. this is the thing. Because it's not Yakuza, nobody gives a crap about it, and that's really unfortunate. It's no Nobody's pumped for this game, but they should be because it is the sequel to an excellent game. Just wasn't called Yakuza, but it is Yakuza in every other way but name. And is it anyway. like a big release? Like it's worldwide, like on like that yeah. same day yeah yeah exactly that's why it's coming out on september 24th so soon play it people play it um also on september 24th my man kojima comes through with the director's cut of death stranding i'm so looking forward to playing that again i, I, point out, the rope, the I love kojima. stuff i want to point out the heel turn that matt did on kojima <laughs> Because it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in any sort of like professional capacity where a man who has slagged off Kojima for, I want to say, like the entire time that I knew you before Death Stranding was even announced. And then following Death Stranding, you're like, oh, yeah, he's actually pretty good. He's actually pretty good. I like him. Dude, dude absolutely <laughs> nailed it, didn't he? Like, remember that Death Stranding came out before COVID hit. And oh, he's Death, Stranding, Death Stranding just, like, predicted every single thing that's happened since. I mean, other than ghosty things in the air slamming people with their feet. But um, that's every Kojima game, though. It's like, oh, yeah, the memes are going to control the world. But also there's an octopus man. <laughs> so it's like realism. And then a man shoots bees out of a Tommy gun. But the idea of everybody kind of hiding away inside their little fortresses um, and only being sustained by couriers that are dropping shit off at them. Um, that That is all just nailed it. He got it right. He, he just, he predicted the, the future. So, yeah, there it's you go. The anyway. Time. It will not be the last. His next game will be predicting some insane shit. We'll be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Don't talk about that. And then Squids will... And then a year later it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, then it, and then Squids will invade us. No More Heroes 3 is actually secretly a Kojima game. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, very, very much looking forward to playing that again. That was good. Um, what else we got? We got FIFA 22s, if you like your kickballs. Um, Don't that buy comes it. Out September 27th. <laughs> it also has lots of microtransactions, so if you like paying a lot of money, even after you've already bought a game, then you can do that with FIFA's 2. Uh, I don't know why I just sung things there. Anyway, that's it for the PlayStation 5. That was just the PlayStation 5. Uh, PlayStation 4, what do we got? We've got, I'm scrolling through the list, scrolling through the list. 
a lot of the stuff that was coming out on PlayStation 5 is also coming out on PS4. So Rico London and Kitaria Fables, they're all getting PlayStation 4 releases as well. Uh, Golf Club Wasteland comes out on September 3. Human life is wiped out, so people play golf. I like the idea of that game. That just sounds like the 1%. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the 1% now. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) time to play golf. Yeah. It's so true. That, see, it's disappointing. Death Stranding needed a golf. Like, it's got like a Forza, <laughs> it's got a Forza version in it, but needed golf. Imagine playing golf in Death Stranding. How cool would that be? And then, like, suddenly, it suddenly gets wants. stuck in, like, the darkness, like, rain stuff, and then you, like, have, and the ball destroys itself or something. I don't know. How cool. That would be fun. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tales of Arise comes out on PlayStation 4 as well. So does Life is Strange True Colors. So does NBA Basketballs. Then, so that's all stuff that we've already talked about. Skatebird comes out on September 16. And Skatebird is going to be a Game of the Year contender. And I'm not even joking about that. It's going to be awesome. I don't even like skate games. But when you put a bird on the skateboard, then suddenly it's going to be good. I know Harvard's really looking forward to that. Um, what else we got? Kina Bridge of Spirits comes out on September 21. I feel like I should know something about that no, game. So that I feel like it's being hyped up a really bit. a really cute, um, sort of like pixar sort of trailer that came out maybe like a year ago. It's got the Theophany guy, the guy who did the Majora's Mask remixes, um, and the, right. uh, Metroid remixes, uh, on YouTube. So the soundtrack's right. going to be phenomenal. I'm already really excited just about the soundtrack. Um, it really does look like a Pixar movie. Um, obviously not as high budget as something like Ratchet and Clank, so it's not going to look 100% like a Pixar movie. But at the same time, like, you know, it's it looks pretty <laughs> spectacular, regardless. That would probably be why I know something about it. It does, uh, it does look good. Yeah. Um, just looking at the little image here that I've got here. Oh, I'll give it a go anyway. Um on September 28, we've got Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot, The First Cases. Now, that is a new Hercule Poirot game, and the last one was all right. It's an all right series. They're detective kind of point-and-click adventure game things, and Hercule Poirot is an excellent character, and they do all right with him. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that just because it'll be fine. I'm not expecting it to be Game of the Year stuff or anything, but it'll be an enjoyable time. Um, I mean, that's the thing with that sort of game. Sorry, I'm I'm just going to pause you there for a second. That sort of game, it's like when you're a child and you walk in and, like, your parents are watching, like, Midsummer Murders. Like, you know you're not getting the best shit in the world, but what you're getting is, like, popcorn shit, you know? And it works, you know? Yeah, it's it's fine. It's 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 reliable entertainment. Exactly. 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 That's exactly right. So I'm expecting pretty much that from this one. Um, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, and Harvard's going to be very upset with me uh, mm-hmm. because it's what? a Chinese game. A Ju- Juan Yuan Sword Seven Juan Juan. Uh, you're pronouncing. I'm really like bad. A, like, you're pronouncing it like a Spaniard. How, how do you I'm spell really, it? I'm really, I'm really bad at pronouncing Chinese names, and I feel terrible about this. But anyway, X U A N Juan. Uh, uh, Y-U-A-N. 
would be like Xuan Yuan, maybe. <laughs> I don't go. know. My Chinese is also terrible. So I apologize uh, for anybody listening that uh, I butchered that so badly. In the West, the previous one was translated to be Sword and Fairy 6. Um, I don't know why they haven't translated it to give it a Western name this time around, but that is a good series. And I've actually played this. This was already released over in Hong Kong in English uh, last year. It's actually really, really good. It's kind of the Final Fantasy from China as such. It's got that mainstream, big-time blockbuster appeal. They made TV shows about it over there. They haven't really localised them in the past to the West, but they did localise Sword and Fairy 6, and now they're releasing this one globally. Um, And it's good. I very highly recommend it if you're into into, uh, Chinese history and mythology and stuff. It taps into all of that, and it's quite pretty and it's pretty well designed too so yeah it's it's one of those games that'll probably coast under the radar and not many people will notice it but i'm saying here give it a go interesting Uh, here um this says that it's based on the crypt of marquis of liu which is the historical figure with the same family name as me i'm descended from an emperor or something oh there you go well then we should definitely play it we can learn about harvard's family groups You just Don't worry, there's, there's like a billion people with the surname Liu. You're not going to find me. <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> On September 30, we've got Mary Skelter Finale coming out everywhere but Australia. It got banned in Australia. Oh, that is a course... massive game if I've ever seen one. That is the most... No, Alan, Alan, this game is... This series is genuinely good. It's legit. I mean, yes, it has the it has the fan service <laughs> stuff, but... It the blood is... licking. It, 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 it does have blood <laughs> You lick your blood and then you go berserk and you get naked. Um, <laughs> but like, no, I want to pause you there for a moment. I'm really sorry. <laughs> think about what you just said. Think, really think about it. <laughs> it's to be honest, it's not that far off from like anime conventions, right? You can bite your thumb. You can like eat a piece of food and your clothes explode off, and you can lick what? supernatural blood off somebody else. It's just an anime. Tr- it's an anime convention. Sometimes I forget that I've got no idea <laughs> about this stuff. And then you say something to me and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm very blasé about it. And I don't realize... the anime where you eat food and your clothes explode off? No, because I, I watch JoJo. It's just big dudes. <laughs> they punch people with ghosts and it's sick. You know that JoJo was inspired by, like, the guy's fan. He, he was a big-time fan of Greek statues, like oh, classical he... Greek statues, right. and all the poses they did. So yeah. he was... That was him kind of taking the piss on all of that. So yeah, I love that shit. The best part of that is I have the hardback uh, manga thing of JoJo's Part Two, like Book One, and it has maybe the most homoerotic image I've ever seen of a man on the like front cover. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's really it's, great. It's so I love JoJo's great, and it's as well. Fucking awesome! Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> but but back to Mary Skelter. Mary Skelter legit. It's um it's a dungeon crawler in the Etrian Odyssey vein where you get the kind of the super-powered monsters that chase you around. Uh, and, yeah, it's uh, it, it's mechanically a very, very solid series. So I, I'm going to import it somehow, I guess, to play it. It got banned in Australia because Australia doesn't like anime at all. Um, but, yeah, I, I know that this series has some fans and they'll check it out and that'll be that. 
There's also a uh, fighting game. Etrian Odyssey, but it's like one of the last ways to play an Etrian Odyssey-like game now, which is very sad. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to get Etrian Odyssey back anytime soon. So Mary Skelter is kind of the spiritual replacement for it. Um, also on September 30, there is a fighting game coming out if you're into your really hardcore fighting games. Melty Blood Type Lumina. So this game series is cool as hell, but has the it worst is. name I've ever seen in my life. It is almost I unsellable. What, <laughs> I don't know what Melty Blood is even meant to refer to. No, no one does. No one fucking, not <laughs> even the creators. Like, sounds like melting blood. Like, is it melting blood? No, melting like blood. Like an adjective. Yeah, yeah, melty, melty. It's just like, like chocolate. It's melting. Just call it anime fighting game number one. Number th- <laughs> call it that. But. But jokes aside, it is a genuinely good. Oh, it's really good. Series. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really good. It's when very. You get past uh, the fact that you have to explain the name to your friends when you say, "Oh no, but you don't understand." It's actually really good, though. It just has the worst name of all time, and that's coming yeah. from a genre that has XR in the name at some point. Like it's. To be fair, though, all video game names are pretty average, though. Like you know, like Fortnite. That's like a really. Like, you know, that's like just like a this, this descriptive word for like a, you know, how long it takes to do 14 days. It has nothing to do with the game. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, no, my favorite one of all time is still Kingdom Hearts because they spent three games trying to define what Kingdom Hearts is and then changed it for no reason. <laughs> it's still and not what, clear exactly what Kingdom no Hearts is. Knows, no one knows what that shit is. And no one will ever know. And yeah, it's the main title, so good on them. Well done. Moving on, uh, there is one more game coming out on the PlayStations in September worth considering. I actually don't know much about this one, but the description caught my attention. It's called Astria Ascending, and in it you explore a vast world on the brink of chaos in a mature emotional JRPG. Experience an epic story with rewarding turn-based combat and expansive customization rendered in glorious 4K hand-drawn visuals. So that are they gonna kill chaos though? That oh, I've is... seen the art for this. It's um, let's have it's... a look, shall we? Someone famous is on it. I can't remember who, but someone famous is on it. <laughs> let's have a quick look while we're talking, so I can be impressed on the podcast itself. Oh yeah, this is a good looking game. Actually, I think this was released or a similar a game by this developer was released on the iOS a long, long time ago. And I don't think it's there anymore because iOS updates and whatever. So this might be their effort to preserve that. That was a free-to-play game that was ruined by the microtransactions. Anyway, if this is a, if it, if this is that quality, but in a way that's actually playable and enjoyable, then yeah, it'll be good. It, it is a very good-looking game, and I will definitely play it. Moving on to uh switch and alan just sent me a note to say we should move on soon <laughs> but there's been a lot of games coming out september's going to be busy i get the feeling uh so i'll run through the switch ones quickly and just see if there's anything here that we haven't already talked about um demon gaze extra comes out on september 2 that is another uh dungeon crawler with very good aesthetics and stuff so if mary skelter isn't your thing then give a Demon Gaze ago because it's a pretty good looking game as well. Um, we've got, I'm trying to run through them as fast as I can, Alan. Don't yell at me. Fireware. That comes I'm, out. Bam, I'm done. so angry. Oh. 
Sonic Colors Ultimate. Oh, no. I just said the Sonic <laughs> I was so excited and then so sad. Sonic Colors Ultimate comes out on September 7. If you like that stupid blue hedgehog, then there you go. He's out again on September 7. Uh, on September 9, there's a visual novel that I've been looking forward to since I saw it in the Switch store lineup called Olympia Soiree. I can never say soiree. It's not my word. But... Um, yeah, that's a really good-looking visual novel from the Automate the autom Automate people over at Compol Heart. Typical, very good-looking uh, visual novel with excellent aesthetics and stuff. Looking forward to that. Uh, Dice Legacy comes out on September nine. If you like me, like Roland Dice, then there you go. It's a dice-based survival city builder, which just sounds great. Just great. Um, moving on, moving on. Scrolling, scrolling. Life is Strange does come out on Switch as well, so does the Basketballs game. Colors Live comes out on September 14. Now, Colors was actually pretty good on the DS. It's a little kind of art app, and that's it. But you can share your art online, and it had a, ended up with a pretty big gallery of people sharing art and stuff. So there you go. It's not really a game. It's just a little art toy thing. Skatebird comes out on Switch on, as well. Nino Kuni 2 gets its long-awaited Switch release on Switch uh, on, on September 17. That's good. Scrolling on. Diablo 2 also comes out on Switch if you can handle Blizzard. So Nintendo doesn't release anything on Switch, really, in September. There you go. I did not know that. Uh, Metroid's in October, isn't it? Yeah, so mm. the Switch finishes out the end of the month on September 30 with a port of Darksiders 3, which was pretty all right. Darksiders via... Dark Souls. I mean, it was an effort to do Dark Souls. <laughs> Dark Side is in the Dark Souls style, and it was pretty good. So, yeah, there's no Nintendo games coming out on Switch in September, which is fine, I guess. You can just play it's other stuff. WarioWare! I didn't see that listed. How do you That's hate WarioWare? <laughs> That's not listed on my thing. It's not on my list. It should, it should come out, like, the 7th or September whatever. September 10. September 10 is what it says on, on Google. Well, yeah. Metacritic's lying to me. Oh, no, there it is. Sorry, I did. I skipped past it. Yeah, WarioWare is the one Nintendo game that comes out in September. So if you like... Get it together, uh, Matt. Get it together. Random, random micro games, 200 of them in this one. You can play that. All right, so quickly, we're going to have to be quick. Otherwise, Alan's going to... I'm rushing. already angry. I'm <laughs> See, it's so Alan angry. rushing, Matt. He forgot pick, WarioWare. Pick, like... one, pick <laughs> one game. Trent, what's your game of the month? What are you I'm going to go with Life is Strange. I'm going to play some True Colors. Cindy Lauper, okay. Um, Harvard, what's your? I'm game really of... down for WarioWare. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm really, really down Ooh, for this series. WarioWare over Skatebird, huh? Uh, I mean, I will play Skateboard, Skatebird too, but WarioWare's a good series. I played the demo; it was pretty cool, so it's probably a good pick. Okay, uh, Alan. Um, I'm an idiot, and even though I say don't buy FIFA, I'm probably going to buy FIFA because I hate myself. <laughs> you do like sports. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm a massive idiot. Yeah, uh, and for me, I, I'm i probably going to... I mean, my pick of the month will be Mary Skelter. I think I can't... I can't say no the to... The least surprising thing. Where you I've eat the food, you, where you eat the food, your clothes explode, and then you lick some blood. I mean, that's that's a great game. A uh, paddy wagon is on its way to your house right now, Matt.
to all of you American girls it's sad to imagine a world without you American girls I'd like to be part of the world around you driving a car by the seaside watching the world from the bright side to all of you American girls in the movies no one can tell where you are Shiny smiles and plastic bodies I wish I had And welcome back. That was actually American Girls by Sid Matters from the Life is Strange soundtrack. We thought it was appropriate because we had Life is Strange True Colors coming out. So let's freaking go. Now, hypothetically, let's say that you wanted to play a PlayStation 2 game. And you didn't have access to a PlayStation 2. However, what you did have is another form of physical media that you could potentially play some PlayStation 2 games on. And I'm saying it might be a PS5. You might be downloading PlayStation 5 games off of the PlayStation Network, but you also might not be using that platform. You might notice that the PS2 is one of the greatest consoles of all time. It was actually the first console that I ever personally owned myself. And because of that, it is ever going to have a place in my heart. There are a lot of games on that console that are truly phenomenal, very weird, very out there, very odd. Um, And as a result pretty bloody cool now 
Matt, in a Alan. hypothetical world. There's nothing hypothetical about it. I downloaded an emulator oh, okay. and I'm playing the game. I'm playing <laughs> the games from the PlayStation 2 that nobody else could be bothered preserving. And if the cops want to come and arrest me, then whatever. I'm, Second I'm... paddy wagon is on its way to Matt's house. <laughs> whatever. No, I'm, I'm only playing games I already own anyway. It's just because I've got the discs and stuff and I've got no PlayStation to play them on. So, I, yeah, like Alan kind of introduced there, I have been very busy over the last couple of weeks rediscovering my love of the PlayStation because uh, there are a lot of games on that console that have not been preserved for one reason or another. So, for example, EA released a bunch of really good Lord of the Rings games on the PlayStation 2. I see EA, you tweeting. Yes, I'm a, I and that's crazy. I actually, I actually like, I'm fanboying over EA from a couple of decades ago. But EA used to be a good company, and they did a really good job with the Lord of the Rings franchise. They did a couple of action games, which are kind of Dynasty Warriors like, which were really good. And then they also did this one called The Third Age, which is a Final Fantasy X clone. It's so um, crazy. I love it. And it just works. It's really good. I've been rediscovering that. I'm, I love that game. So, yeah, and that's one example of games that have not been preserved because the companies can't. EA doesn't have the license for it anymore. Even if they wanted to re-release those games, they couldn't. Um, and then there's just a bunch that they've let die. For example, Capcom. He was an absolute legend of publishing weird stuff on PlayStation 2. Like they these days we know Capcom has been Monster Hunter and Street Fighter and that's about it, right? But back then they were just oh and Resident Evil, of course. Back then they were doing all kinds of quirky <laughs> stuff like Clock Tower 3, Haunting Ground, um Beautiful Joe. Beautiful, Beautiful Joe, uh P what was it, P N O five? Does anybody remember that one? That doesn't that sound like a real game. Remember when Onimusha was a thing, and then they decided Onimusha, to not make a whole bunch Onimusha of Onimusha thing. Yeah, Onimusha, mm. and uh, not just though they, they were major things. That even I think it was Onimusha three had Jean Reno as yes, the, it did. It had Jean Reno. It had it literally he just shows had up, okay? on the professional, and he just he's a French man. He gets sent back in time to kill Oni. <laughs> <laughs> it's never explained properly. It's great. You sound like you're taking the piss. No, no, that's a real that game. Sounds the most fake thing I've ever heard in my life. It's wonderful. It's quite serious. Um, and then they also did stuff like Chaos Legion. They're never going to save Chaos Legion. Chaos Legion was this thing they produced around the time that Devil May Cry was really popular, and most people just dismissed it as being a very inferior game to Devil May Cry. But going back and playing it now, um, it's it's really great. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of PlayStation 2 games and being very disappointed that a lot of them aren't preserved uh, unless you do things like what i done and risk the wrath of the cops because it I'm sure that's criminal, their priority. Matt, I'm sure that's their priority right now around, <laughs> around the world. I'm sure their big priority is, is tracking down people that are playing games on emulators. Um, but there you go. That's, that's it. PlayStation 2, great console. Unlike Maybe the hot take is that the Capcom games which deserve to be preserved, like Okami, have already been preserved. Ooh. <laughs> no way. I mean, Clock Tower 3, right? Clock Tower 3 is a game that Capcom's never bothered looking at again and probably can't for various reasons. One of the it's main the reasons being the director of that game was Kinji Fuku, Fukusaku. Um, I think that's his last name. I can never remember it. I write it, it down. It sounds and then, right. It sounds right. I think that's him, yeah. 
His first name is definitely Kinji, but I can't remember his last name. He's actually Fukusaku. Anyway, he is a legend of Japanese filmmaking. Um, he made, he basically reinvented the the Yakuza film concept and genre, and he was one of the most high profile developers. Uh, sorry, directors. He was the guy that directed Battle Royale, the excellent, excellent film before Fortnite came along and ruined Battle Royales for everyone. Um, he directed Clock Tower 3. It was his last project before he died. And the game has this most amazing cinematic quality. It was trashed at the time because it wasn't long enough. There wasn't enough contents in it. Uh, but now I think people that are playing it, anybody who plays it now will realise that it was this amazingly cinematic, super high quality game with some incredible narrative and production values and all the rest of it. I would truly and, encourage everyone who has not heard of this game to go look up at least like the first cutscene and feel the energy behind it because there is yeah. nothing like it. It is almost theater-esque. It is so over the top, so like brimming with energy for this like pretty grotesque, like gruesome game. Like let's be real here. It's not a nice game. It's very No, no, no. Serial serial it's a game about serial killers chasing yeah. a all around that's and the serial killers are actually based on real life serial killers so it's got that extra dimension of being super creepy because of that it is a pretty intense game in a lot of ways um the first the first serial killer that you run into uh, the yeah, first boy. time you see him he's smashing a little girl's head in with a big sledgehammer um and it did you really ever see that him. review do you see that review from when the game came out saying this game is awful it's atrocious it has a Girl getting her head hit in by a hammer. Uh, that's, a, that's a, yeah, read a review. That's a pretty funny one, actually. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it, it is a pretty brutal game, but it does have the most amazing cinematic quality. It was it was definitely a game that only a game director, a film director would get behind. And for that reason, I don't think they can actually do anything with it because if they remade it, then it'd be kind of an insult to the memory of the director. Yeah. Uh, if they just re-released it, it'd get trashed because the PlayStation 2 late games look crap. Uh, as I disagree. I love that era. It's so nice. Oh, no. You and I might, Alan, but we're old. <sighs> Don't... <laughs> you haven't seen all the Nintendo Jim... fans being like, this looks like a PS2 game on every single Pokemon game now. Jim it... Ryan disagree with you, Alan. <laughs> Jim Ryan can eat my bum. <laughs> um... <laughs> I went for like <laughs> I tried to like censor myself because I was going to be much ruder, but I decided that bum was the correct way to go. Um, to that point, then Matt, have you ever played Rule of Rose? I have just a... started that. Um, I did hell that. yeah. I must admit that one I don't have the disc for, so please don't get, come for me. Well, Cox, because if I you want to buy that. that disc, it's like four hundred Australian dollars. No, no game is worth four hundred dollars. I'm so I know, but. I actually remember skipping that one because all the reviews at the time were like, "Oh, please like crap." And I used to give reviews credibility. I say this as a guy that reviews games. But, that was um, everyone. <laughs> but everybody slammed Ruler Rose as being this janky as anything game. But playing it now, I mean, I can see that it is janky. It's obviously janky. But the game is brilliant. It's just It's the nice. only game to actually approach those themes apart from Silent Hill 2. Um, oh, I mean, I'd you say... You actually get a re-release of that one, actually. I just remembered, because that's the company behind Moon, and they did an AMA after they released Moon, and lots of people were like, we want Tulip, and we want Rule of Rose, and they were like, maybe. Like, they made Tulip? Yeah, Onion, what? There's a, there's a company called Onion Games, and Onion Games seems to be focused on saving the most cult games they can find. They were the ones that brought Moon back for Switch, and they're releasing it on PC soon. They did do a poll 
where they ask people, what games would you like to see? And Tulip and uh, Rule of Rose just happened to be on that poll. So It's the same guys. So the people who made those games originally now run Onion Games, according to oh, Wikipedia. Oh, do they? According ah, to Wikipedia. So they, they can chase the, the licenses down. Well, I hope they can preserve that one. I mean, there's no reason that they can't preserve Rule of Rose, except for the fact that it sold like two copies and there's no commercial imperative behind it. But... I do hope they do because that's it's another designed process. entirely for nerds like myself and Matt. <laughs> like, I just remember the box art and remember wanting it and never having it because I didn't have a PlayStation 2 at the time. But going back to a game I do want to play is Glass Rose, which is the original Sing game, and it was a Capcom game. So I'm circling back to Capcom. There we go. Mm. See, Capcom did all kinds of weird, crazy, creative stuff. This is back they when really, Capcom actually, like, just didn't care. <laughs> I loved it. They were desperately looking for the next big hits, you know, um, with the PlayStation 2. I don't know what the business, you know, health was like, but... Every, it was just like, Shinji Mikami were, made Resident Evil. Give him money. We don't care. They were, they were just... They were, throwing, <laughs> they were throwing darts at the dartboard like crazy and just hoping for one to stick. I mean, Resident Evil 4 stuck, and that's why we have Resident Evil being such a kind of dominant property for... Capcom now, but they had so many horror games. There was another one, Gregory Horror it. Show, which was never even released in America. It was just released in Europe. But Gregory Horror Show is spectacular. Uh, it's um, you. I mean, for the listeners on the podcast, also you, you guys, um, you know, Trapdoor, the show. Like, don't you open yeah, the, that uh, trap? Yeah, oh. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The claymation, right? Yeah, so With Gregory Horror Show is basically that aesthetic. But in Japan, rather than clay, they use kind of primitive 3D models, but they do it in a very aesthetic way. Uh, and it is just brilliant. It was one of those little shows that had ran for two minutes at a time and was kind of filler between other shows at late night TV over in Japan. And it has a cult following. So Capcom decided to make a game about it. And it's this really cool little stealth horror kind of um, probably stealth horror. There's no other genre there. It's a it's a stealth horror game where you need to follow. <laughs> it, it's it, it's I've never played anything like it since. You need to follow these characters around, and you need to observe them in their daily habits without them catching you. And then you need to startle them somehow. And when they you do that, they give you their soul because you need to give that. To <sighs> oh them. my god! <laughs> and when you give the soul to death, then they become kind of soulless, and they just chase you around for the rest of the game. So you start with like just one or two people chasing you around. But so it's Pac-Man. It's Katamari Pac. By, by, by the end of it, there's like 12 of them, and it becomes really hard to go anywhere without some monster seeing you and just chasing you like crazy. But it was really good. Um, it was creative. It was different. And again, Capcom just throwing darts at the dartboard. It was a great time for creativity. We don't have that anymore. Like, See, we, get, we get so many more games now. Like, every day we get 15 games released on every console. But that spirit of creativity where the big games were different and interesting as well i i just don't feel like we have that anymore to be honest with you i want another version of this world where instead of resident evil 4 getting big god hand got big was god hand, god PS2? Hand. God yep. hand was ps2 and it was uh it was a 3.8 from ign <laughs> because they couldn't <laughs> no play the way. Game. they gave it a worse score than imagine party babies on the ds <laughs> Dude, God Hand is it an owns. institution. I can't believe that that's not available today. Yeah, that game is so good. I, I it's 
it's a little bit problematic now, in all honesty. There's a couple of things in that game that are just like, mm, okay. Um, but that game is awesome. And honestly, like, all the Capcom 5 are extremely good. Piano 3 is cool as hell. Um, Piano 3, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, that's a great game. It's, like a, it's an acid trip. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Oh, Killer Seven, of course. That was a Capcom published game. See, see, the Capcom did the most crazy it's stuff. Killer Seven's amazing. Yeah, that game's cool as hell. I've, I have that, that one quote of that main dude being like, "Those bastards are multiplying." Stuck in my head, I will never leave my head. I'll be like eighty-five years old and like falling apart at the seams, but I'll still have those bastards are multiplying in my head. <laughs> the, good news, the good news is that Killer Seven is one of the few that has been preserved. You can get that on PC now. That game, now, yeah, it's yeah. worthwhile checking. It's if you like Suda, if you're probably listening to this podcast, chances are you probably like Suda. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Oh, another one, another one, Drakengard. We're not going to see Drakengard saved anytime soon. Drakengard was Mr. Yokotaro's first work as a yeah, game is independent weird. creator, it's, and it was it's nuts, like in the in the best possible way. But it's in theory it's Dynasty Warriors um, plus RPG, but in in practice it's something wildly. In different. practice, it's exactly what you'd expect from Yokotaro, but more unhinged because he was not like. He wasn't used to writing games yet, so it was just extremely all over the place. That game is really cool. It's not fun to play. Watch a playthrough, in all honesty. Watch a playthrough and then tweet. I don't know. I'm enjoying playing it again. Like, I'm having a good time with it. It's... Yeah, not to get to the final ending, though. The final ending is horrible to get to. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it, tweet it. Whoever owns the IP. I don't know who owns the IP. Who owns Dragon Guard? Square. Is it Square? Okay, tweet it Square. Get them to remake it like they did with Replicant. Do it. Do it, cowards. You won't. They won't, though. Unfortunately, they will not do that. I mean, Square Enix, if any company is going to preserve stuff, um, we know what Square Enix is willing to preserve versus which, what they're not. And Every single Final Fantasy game. I mean, I would I would love to see the whole trilogy of Dragon Guard thrown together as a package. One, two, and three. I think we can do uh, that, three. <laughs> no, three was good. I enjoyed three. Three, oh. was, three was energetic, uh, and I really enjoyed what three brought to the table it was it was yoko taro one who liked three it was yoko taro in comedy mode and it was pretty funny i hated the character of the dragon though the dragon was the most annoying piece of shit ever and i hated him Banned yeah him but that was the world. point that was the point no i want him to die it's subversion <laughs> alan subversion sucks when it just makes me angry <laughs> <laughs> that's not a ps2 game i will say though i I have such a soft spot for the like PS3 era platformers. Like I went back and played Jack and Dexter one, like the precursor legacy this year, I think. Yeah. It was early this year. Had a great time with it. It's just like a good time. And it brings me back to being like five years old and being excited about the fact that I press a button and jump happens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's absurd. It's so stupid, but like there's something about PS3 era games that it's 100% nostalgia, but I just really, really like them. And I find that they're often the most I don't think, interesting. I don't think it is nostalgia, though. I mean, nostalgia is what got me to go and download the emulator and these games again. But it is a quality about them that I think the PlayStation 1 is pure nostalgia because it was the first time that developers were working with 3D. They didn't really have the rules set down in stone. So there's an awful lot of games that were good ideas but were executed horribly on the PlayStation 1. Uh, but by the time the PlayStation 2 came around, they had it better. So I think the PS2 for me is like the first time that issues with the structure of the game kind of went away and the focus then became the ideas of the game themselves. 
if that makes sense. That yeah, it was the first time that games started to feel like technology was no longer a limit. It was a yeah, yeah, freedom. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they had control over the cameras. They were able to con- produce character models that weren't just a couple of blocks standing on top of one another. Um, and they they really used that in ways that was that were interesting. They also didn't have the set in stone um best practices for game design that they do now so not everything was another open world game not everything had not everything had rpg mechanics in it because rpg mechanics means um engagement with the content you know Uh, do you remember when games used to end matt (laughs) yeah it's amazing and it also stopped and it was like oh cool that's the end of the game i'm gonna go move on and go outside and play cricket in the backyard <laughs> and also, games were not not nearly as long. Like it was okay for a game to be six to eight hours. I mean, Clock Tower, <clears throat> Clock Tower got slammed a bit for being on the short end, but it was only three or four. You can get it's through a that one very, very game, quickly. And they're meant to be but, through repeatedly. God damn but it. the the longer games, I'm putting aside the RPG because Final Fantasy X was still you know forty hours long or whatever it was. But for most genres, for most games, for most developers, it was fine for a game to be ten hours long. You know, that was a good length game that gave you a good amount of content and allowed the developers to actually finish their thing. Uh, these days, you can't make a 10-hour game. You get slammed for it. You could and never release Tiger Tasmanian Tiger 2 in 2022. No, you couldn't. But even stuff like Manhunt, <laughs> you know, Rockstar made Manhunt, and Manhunt is an excellent game if you're into really creepy games. But um, Oh, my God, Matt. <laughs> Manhunt was the last time I enjoyed uh, Rockstar. But Rocks, th- that was not a long game by any means. And you can't just you just can't imagine that Rockstar would make a game that isn't 300 hours long and designed to be played into perpetuity. Bully was good. So, Bully was from that era, wasn't it? Yeah, Bully was from that was, era. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Bully was end of PS2. It was like 2006, I believe. So it was, it yeah, was also was, not called Bully in Australia. It was called Canis Canum Edit because Bully was seen as too rude for children to see. Yes, and Rockstar was very, Rockstar was very good at getting themselves censored in Australia. Manhunt Two was actually banned in Australia too. Still, so everything's is. been banned in Bloody Australia. I'm banned <laughs> in Australia. I'm not allowed. Still to is. <laughs> I can I can show you though. Manhunt was not banned because it had you know eat the food, your clothes explode, and then you lick blood off yourself. Um, that was not what happened in Manhunt too. It was banned because of violence. I think it was one of the few games that has just been so violent that they uh, banned it for that reason. Well, someone think of for children, Matt. What if the children she, play it? I think I think the original Manhunt was also banned, but retrospectively. I think uh, I, I remember actually getting that game from the video shop. Remember video shops? I, I remember getting the game from the video shop to, to play because I was interested in it. Uh, and I took it back and then it was gone uh, when I tried to hire it again. And then I discovered it because it got banned on review and I was never able to play it again until you know, now. Um, and yeah, so I think both manhunts were eventually banned in Australia. But they're really cool. If you haven't heard of them before, they um they kind of snuff. It's kind uh, of like a puzzle action game, weirdly. <laughs> it's it's stealth. It's kind of stealth puzzle, yeah, where you've got to collect kind of bits and pieces from around the environments and use them to to shank dudes when they're not noticing. It's you just know, like being stealth. in the raffle. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta you gotta stealth kill everybody. Um, <laughs> I don't but know what that means. <laughs> the, the, the thing that made those games different was that uh, it, it kind of 
it was a commentary on voyeurism and stuff because the gameplay through the perspective of somebody watching all this stuff on TV, it was like saw, you know, it was uh, it was murder for entertainment. It was the basic concept of it. And Rockstar was actually pretty smart about making commentary about it. It, it was pretty intelligent game, really. Um, and yeah, I, I was a big fan of Manhunt. Anyway, anyway, we'll move on. Let's let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about Goichi Suda-san himself. We're going to actually put some music on from Jack and Daxter, the precursor, the precursor legacy. Where are we? we? We are, yes. This is my classical announcer voice. <laughs> Welcome back from that. So it is a little bit topical because obviously Suda51 got his footing in the PS2 era in that generation. And now he's releasing his newest game, New World Heroes 3, which Matt has recently reviewed, I believe. And I think I saw the score, Matt. It was a nine. I believe it was a 4.5 out of five. Correct? That is what I gave it. Absolutely. Um, I would recommend that you go read his review. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you would have already reviewed, read it by now just because you can generally assume the the review on Dizzy Downer is going quite accurate to what the experience actually is, particularly with Suda games. No, you know that's very kind of you. No, you know shit about him. <laughs> so yeah, I do uh, know my Suda. I've met him like a dozen times. Yeah, he's he seems like a very nice boy. Um, Dude is actually really cool. Like there, there's a whole bunch of developers that just aren't much fun to meet and talk. And 
you know, when you do an interview with them, they're very stilted and it's just, you know, this is what the corporate people have allowed me to say. This is what I'm saying. Ask your questions, then just move on. But Suda's always been like a really nice interview. He's a good dude. I've got all the time in the world for him. I'd be a little bit intimidated if I was to meet, say, Kojima, because Kojima's my dude. Uh, and no, because if you I had an interview with Kojima, he would bring Norman Reedus because Norman Reedus is his best friend in the world, and I love that. <laughs> Unless he started to like, you know, name drop Che Guevara, because apparently Kojima's a fan of Che Guevara, which is pretty cool. We could we could bond over that. But um, yeah, I, I was a little bit intimidated when I met Yokotaro because he is a difficult guy to talk to. Um, he's he's like lovely. It's not not about that. He's just just difficult. Uh, but Gucci Suda is always down to earth and it, you know, very easy to chat to. So I've got all the time in the world for Suda and very big time fan of No More Heroes. Yeah. I mean, so my introduction to Suda was the game known as Shadows of the Damned, where he was the most held back man in the world. But even then, playing that game, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, this is like fun. And also, like, it was bit, pretty, it's pretty, funny, pretty like, wild. It's pretty funny. I tried to talk to Suda about Shadows of the Damned once when I was interviewing interviewing him for my book, and he made it pretty clear that he was not happy with how that game turned out. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, it was like EA made me do shit." <laughs> <laughs> he that was like, "This, really this is not my." He, was, he he all but said like, "This is not my game. This is EA's thing. Please don't talk to me about this. I want to move on. Let's talk about Lollipop Chainsaw." So that's what we did. <laughs> It, it but it is a good really game. Well I my, first, uh, my first, my uh, first pseudo game sort of thing. It's like you know, it's got enough craziness, but it's also very westernized at some point. So it's like it's like a bridge between the two worlds. If you're like you know some you know person like me, I was like you know, oh, I want this game. This looks cool, and then it's like, yeah, it is cool. And then you start exploring all the weird games. Not weird. It games, is pretty but, you cool. Know, it's more exotic games compared to that it's like lollipop chainsaw that was fun yeah i mean it is pretty good game shadows of the damned is a pretty good game and it does have like it has a johnson johnson jokes <laughs> we said the same thing yeah the johnson jokes uh, I, love the johnson. I, I love the fact that they just like they just went for it and called the big like magnum gun the big boner like they just they just did it they had the opportunity and they just went for it and they grabbed they it just with hands. In. they just leaned in <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great it's that game is awesome i wish that they would re-release it because it was on the xbox and then they had to delist it for some reason and i'm really annoyed because i bought the series s wanting to play it and then it just disappeared from the sun and it's very annoying and it means i want to have to partake in a little bit of criminal activity you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know how to play that one anymore um because it was ps3 not two unfortunately yeah. I'm sure some folks on the internet are working that one out. Yeah, there's someone, there's a hacker man on the internet who wearing... I'm sure there's places to go to play PlayStation 3 games today, but that's still a little bit early for me. Like, still a little bit, little bit recent for me, so I'm not willing to dip into that just yet. But Wouldn't the Xbox day. game work on the Xbox, the new Xbox, if you have the disc? No, I've got that's a, a good Series question. S. So well, if you've got a why did you Series buy an S? S? Because I wanted to spend £10 to get a new console. I, you know, I buy the Xbox All Access Pass through my Telstra, and I get, like, an Xbox, and I get, like, the Xbox Pass, and it's, like, a monthly cost of, like, what, 50 bucks a month, and I'm set. Like, I'm also interested, 
I'm also really interested, Trent, if Lollipop Chainsaw works on the new Xboxes because that's a game that can't be saved. Uh, there, there's no way to to rescue Lollipop Chainsaw, which is for me Goichi Suda's best game. Um, it's just full of licensed music. There's like 20 different licensed songs on the soundtrack. So to to bring that back would be a monumental effort that I don't think anybody's going to do. And that means it's stuck on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. I'd, yes. I'd be interested to know if you can play, if, if backwards compatibility has saved that one in a way. Well, so, I've got both know. discs for Shadow of the Damned and Lollipop Chainsaw, so I well, might try you, it out at some point. Can you try it out and let me know on the Twitters, please, Trent? Because I'm quite... I, I, I would genuinely consider buying an Xbox for, for Lollipop Chainsaw. Just for Lollipop Chainsaw. <laughs> if that's the it's only way I can play it again. It is. It's a pretty pricey yeah. disc. Yeah, it is. It, you know, funny thing about Lollipop Chainsaw is it's uh, actually also, it's not just Goichi Suda, it's, he worked with James Gunn on that one. And James Gunn being the director of the recent Suicide Squad film and Guardians of the Galaxy. So he did, he did major, a zombie thing before, right? Major Hollywood. Well, you know where James Gunn came from? He came from Troma, as in those really trash, toxic crusader exploitation films. That's where James Gunn came from. That really aligns well with whatever Lollipop Chainsaw was trying to do. It was basically his path. He went from those trauma, you know, Z-tier sexploitation films to Lollipop Chainsaw to Guardians of the Galaxy. So dude had a Disney. career path. <laughs> Dude's had a career path and a half. But yeah, that's, I mean, Lollipop Chainsaw is a mix of Gochi Suda and Gunn. Gunn wrote it and Suda made it funny, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Made the wildly creative game that it is. I, I still reckon that Lollipop Chainsaw has the best boss battles I've ever played in a video game. So I don't know if you guys have actually played the game, but um, each of the bosses in Lollipop Chainsaw is basically the personification of a genre of music. So you fight punk music, then you fight Jefferson Airplane-style hippie music. Um, well, isn't the entire like thing is that it's the goths have ruined the world because it is always the goths? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. What so, is this, yeah. an episode of South Park? Yeah, essentially, but, like, not shit. <laughs> and, yeah, it's really funny. Like, the boss battles, are all, all, they're all really good. Like, the Jefferson Airplane hippie-style kind of music. I don't know. What, what genre is that, Alan? Tell me. What? Uh, just sort of, like, the folk pop, I guess. Yeah, anyway, that He's boss is describing just... It. That, that boss is just brilliant. That's my favourite boss. It's just it. Mumford and Sons. Just, just go to listen to that and be like, I hate that, and then never listen to it again. <laughs> I like Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> but I like them. They're a good group. White Rabbit. Uh, anyway, yeah, that 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 was an interesting game by Goji Suda. Also, Nick on a head. Uh, on a, Nick's head just kind of hanging off the belt there because... Oh, it's fantastic. Was, no, because he's... Was, He's navvy, but he's a head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets bit by a zombie at the start of the game. This is Juliet's boyfriend. He's the jock, so he's like this great footballer, quarterback, all that stuff. Anyway, he gets bit by a zombie right at the start, and the only way to save him is chop his head off, which he survives for some reason, and then Juliet just carries him around on her belt for the rest of the game. The thing was, I, I remember Lollipop Chainsaw got slammed for being like this misogynistic game for some reason by a lot of the media. And a lot of the because games. a lot of the media wasn't well, actually literate in like, media. They saw 
they saw cheerleader uniform and they're like, oh, this is perv, you know, this is a perv game. But actually, it's it's exactly the opposite because Juliet is this really super empowered, super smart, um, you know, character. She's got all the agency in the world. She's the one doing all the saving. Um, the dude Nick is just the Nick is kind of the the subservient to her. And it, w- it was just subverting every expectation you'd have of cheerleader uniform game. And nobody got that. People missed it. It's interesting because like, when, the, the, when that game got released, it was... Um, <laughs> there were a lot of exploitative games getting released. Like, I think... I don't know if we'd call Blood Rain this, but, like, the, the energy but of Blood the Rain Tomb Raider series that. in the PS2 era, like, that was the attitude that people had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, still, it was still a kind of a, a hobby for boys back then. And the developers were definitely making games for the male gaze to to get feminist theory about it. Uh, and this game just decided to flip that on its head completely. And they did. And people missed it. I don't know how they missed it, but they missed it. It's like people miss everything about Goichi Suda games. <laughs> Speaking like, of male gaze, do you guys remember um, Killer is Dead? Killer is Dead? Yes. Oh, Alan hated Killer is Dead. I loved it. That was the first game of his that I played, and I ignored all of the male gaze bits. But that game also had very good boss battles. Yeah, that game was great. That was the first game that I got a sense of Goichi Suda's love of music. Like, just the way he references everything. Like, uh, to me, Dark it was Sun- a little bit like Dark David Lynch. Being a whole level is a, is, is a pretty good thing. I mean, I love personally that like all my favorite japanese creators seem to be obsessed with music like i love araki because he just names everything after music and i it it hurts the reptilian point of my brain and it makes me go like i like it i like it do more of that and and all the low roar in like death stranding so good oh jima's got a great sense of music oh yeah because he's got fucking he put nuclear by roy orbison in melga solid 5 like hell yeah, yeah he did yeah, Kojima's great. Yeah, he's a good boy. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to play more of uh, Suda's stuff. I'm actually really happy as well that he's getting more and more attention from the West because before, like you say, oh yeah, I played Killer Seven. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What, yeah. talking about Killer, what is a Killer Seven? What does that mean? And I can't really answer either, to be quite honest with you. So like, yeah, nobody, nobody can actually answer that question. No, I like, always assumed it was like a pun on James Bond, like, you know, 007, so it's like Killer 7. Well, it kind of is. Yeah, that's, in a it's, way. It's a super, super spy schlock fest, I guess, is the best way to describe that, with zombies, but also everyone's the same person. <laughs> if you go, if you, if you ever want a good laugh, go back and try and see how the, look at how the critics, the reviewers of the time tried to actually describe Killer 7 when they were reviewing it. They're like, oh, this is an on-rail shooter. And it's like, well, yeah, technically. It, it is, yes, but also... <laughs> but also, <is> no. <laughs> is it an on-rail shooter? Because you control yourself. Well, also, it's Can like, it? yeah, that's kind of missing the point. That's like saying, you know, uh, a game where you jump is a, a platformer. So Mario, yeah, Mario is a game where you jump. I mean, that's kind of yeah, that's true. But is that really what you want to be writing in a review here? Um, but yeah, Killer Seven just it just refuses to be explained. It's <laughs> it's one of the most baffling experiences you can possibly have because you can't explain it in a way that makes anyone else want to play it. 
like, I feel like, like if you're just focusing on like the mechanics of a game or trying to explain the mechanics of a game, oh, like, not even it's that. an rail shooter. Like it sounds like there's nothing else that the game is doing well. Like, and I feel like with a shooter game, like it just makes no sense that there isn't. Like, how do you not pick out other things to be like, oh, this is what the review is about? But it's also a shooter. Yay! Like, I well, don't know. the thing is. I mean, the thing is that ultimately the game is like this anti-American imperialism, anti-nuclear war thing. But As you don't get any of that. games tend to be, yeah. <laughs> they you don't get any, into that. <laughs> to, to get to that point, you've got to really play the game because there's just no logical progression to actually explain that that is what the game is about without having played the game. It makes sense what you do it, but you could write a f- book on this game and still not <laughs> explain how it actually gets to that like end point. It's, it's, it's complex. It's great. And on that note, maybe we should we should give this podcast a wrap. What do you reckon? Alan's falling asleep over there because it's like late. Alan's the new wiggle. Wake up, Jeff. It's now wake new up. Wiggle. Alan. No, but see, I'm not right wing enough. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a problem. I'm gonna convince all the children to change genders. That's my goal. Alan's too woke. <laughs> yeah, that's my woke. problem. We become woke, become broke. He's yeah. going broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wiggles. The wiggles. Oh. We, the should wiggles. Put, we should put a little bit of context of that in the podcast. So uh, we had one of our lovely politicians come out and, and talk about like the wealthiest band in Australia's history, the Wiggles. They got so much money, they, they don't need to do anything for the rest of their lives. Anyway, he was like, oh, because they hired a ethnic person, I think it was, wasn't it? Or was yeah, it? They had a no. whole new team, essentially. Yeah, like, they had a whole the, new team, including yeah. including an ethnic person, including an, uh, L, you know, um, was it a non-binary? A non-binary person, oh, or a mascot? Oh was no, yeah, the mascot anyway. was a unicorn, and we needed to know if the unicorn had a penis yeah, 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 or not. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's <laughs> the the unicorn was non-binary. I can't believe I just said that sentence. But anyway, um, it's not the yeah, most ridiculous so, thing I've heard. It's fine. <laughs> They did that, and then one of our politicians was like, oh, the Wiggles, they've gone woke, they're going broke. It's like, you, you're a bit of a, you're a bit no. of a drip there, mate. So uh, anyway. I think, Matt, no, I just want to be very, very clear. When I was a child and I was watching Henry the Octopus, I was thinking, I wonder if he has eight dicks as well. <laughs> that was that mine. Sounds, that sounds like something you would do, Alan. Anyway, um, on that note, let's give this podcast a wrap, because let's let Alan go and have happy dreams about octopus dicks um thanks everybody for being on the podcast thanks trent thanks harvard thanks what a a horrific sign off (laughs) 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 it was a bit thanks everybody for listening to this podcast um i really appreciate your effort to put up with us uh we'll be back next month in the meantime play lots of games we've got a lot to to play this month and we'll have plenty of updates on digitally downloaded.net um and I don't know what else would should we say. We'll wrap this podcast with some music from Killer Seven, I guess. You can find something from Killer Seven, right? Oh, I can absolutely. I was going to suggest that myself personally, so it actually works out quite well. It's good music. Go to soon as good boy.
Don't octopuses have cloakers?